you're not going to know everything right at the start. You have to walk into it, realize that you're going to make some mistakes, and that's okay. I think it's really important to have a mentor because mentors have actually done the real thing. They're real teachers and they're not fake teachers. If sometimes you don't get that first acceptance, employers love it when you try again, right? So be a little persistent. Let them know that you really want this internship. I don't necessarily care about the paycheck because the knowledge that I'm learning and the experience that I'm gaining will eventually help me down the road. I don't like to see big gaps on someone's resume. The benefits of working and learning in a work environment are really important. Hello everyone and welcome to today's Virtual Millennial Money. We're going to be discussing an extremely important topic, especially for us millennials. It might be a bit controversial, but we're going to be discussing why you shouldn't take a job for the paycheck and just to earn some money. Whether you've just graduated, are looking for a job, switching jobs, or starting your path to entrepreneurship through starting a business or investing, today's show will give you the insight you need to have the perspective required for an entrepreneur. Garrett, why do you think the idea of working to learn, not to earn, is so important in today's society? Well, that's a great question, Alex, and I think it's important to realize that in my generation, everybody worked during the summer. Yeah. Everybody did work, not only during the summer, but during the school year. And, you know, when I was in high school, the minimum wage was $1.45 an hour, right? And you couldn't buy lunch for $1.45. But you were, the, the policy of the minimum wage was to allow kids to get into the workforce and learn how to work. I mean, even I started out at a stationery store in Berkeley, California. Now, I wasn't going to own a stationery store, but I needed to be there with employees, understanding how customers uh, were acting, uh, just anything about the workplace. It's important to get into the workplace, even if it's not something that's going to be your career. You need to learn how to work. And it was really exciting in this Berkeley stationery store because during the student riots, uh, I had to protect the typewriters uh, from the students <laughs> rioting. So I didn't get combat pay for a, for $1.45 an hour. I had a baseball bat and was protecting the typewriters, but it was really an interesting time. But I think it's important, Alex, for people to get out there and have that first job, even if it's not going to be something associated with your career. Um, and a lot of people now offer internships, and I think that is a great way to go. There are a couple things to know. Some states require that if you have an internship uh, candidate, you have to pay them. And so other states say, look, we want people to be, be able to be unpaid interns, right, so that they can learn the workplace. Mm -hmm. And the key to the unpaid interns is the primary beneficiary is the kid working in the business, right? It's not for the benefit of the business, it's for the benefit of the student that wants to learn. And if they get academic credit for that, that's great. Um, and there you know, shouldn't be a promise to replace the worker. There's no guarantee of a job, but in those settings, I think it's important for business owners to bring kids in to learn how to work in a business 
And it's important for kids to be able to get into that space where they're working and contributing and understanding what work is about. Yeah, Gary, and I love that you mentioned that because that's exactly the, um, you have to see it as an opportunity. And that's exactly the mindset I had when I worked for Robert, when I started working for Robert Kiyosaki. And it really, having that mindset brought me to the next level. And so, Teddy, just like myself, you've been surrounded by the Rich Dad brand and the family and really learned so much from Robert Kiyosaki. We actually met at his event in Chile. Um, and so, after having this perspective, can you explain to the viewers your experience on working to learn not to earn? Yeah, of course. So the way I look at working to earn is it's more of an employee mentality and people focus more on the left side of the cash flow quadrant. So that's where people care more about having a paycheck as opposed to learning new people skills and committing themselves or committing yourself to personal growth. Working to learn is the total opposite. That's more of the entrepreneurial mindset. And that's the right side of the cash flow quadrant. And when you're working to learn, you don't really care as much about the paycheck. You care more about the skills that you acquire working that type of job and also expanding your financial IQ because those things will end up helping you down the road. Now, for me, I'm working for my dad. Technically, I am getting a paycheck, but that's not my primary focus right now. When I'm working for him, I'm in it to learn because the more I learn about corporate law, the more it could potentially help me down the road if I choose to practice that field of law. So working to learn and working to earn are two very different things, but I think it's important to approach a job as if you're going to learn from it and it's going to benefit you in the future. Yeah, Teddy, and I love that because you mentioned increasing your financial IQ. And I think that's really crucial because sometimes we only concentrate on the academic IQ and don't have the mentality going into a job of the right side of the quadrant, which is where we want to be in life. And so if you don't go in with that, with that mindset and that perspective, then you'll never achieve your dreams. And so hitting on the topic of educational IQ, Garrett, as an attorney, obviously a college education is required, but as an, as an entrepreneur, going to college isn't necessary. So what are the, some of the lessons or skills that you've taught Ted about entrepreneurship and maybe something he didn't learn in college? Well, let me mention one thing. We were talking about apprenticeships and internships. There's still a few states where you can become an attorney by apprenticing with the attorney, you don't have to go to law school. California, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia allow you to apprentice like back in the old days when they didn't have that many law schools. So it's kind of cool that you can still do the apprenticeship for law school. Now, if you're thinking of doing that, check ahead of time to make sure. But, you know, in terms of entrepreneurial things that Ted didn't learn uh, in college, uh, but he has learned with you and, and Robert at these events, gold and silver, right? I mean, they don't teach gold and silver. Uh, in, well, his mining engineering, did, but uh, otherwise, <laughs> don't teach gold and silver in school. And, you know, rental properties, we have some rentals and, and we've coached Ted on what it means to own rental property. Uh, I, I haven't seen that ever as a course in college. Um, <laughs> You know, and then also the toxic client we talk about, if you're going to be in business, 
it's important for you to realize that you don't want every customer. You know, the people that cross your door, some of them are going to bring your business down. So you have to be able to recognize in any business what clients you want and what clients you're better off sending on down the road because they're going to come in and, and just create a negative environment for all the employees. Here at Corporate Direct, I tell people if, if someone calls in and they're rude to you, we don't have to take them as a client, right? I, sometimes it's like Eddie Haskell on Leave it to Beaver where they're, they're rude to the secretary, but they're kind of nice and smarmy to me. I don't want those clients, right? So it, I think it's important in business to understand that you cannot take every person that wants to be a client. So those are some of the lessons, Alex, that I've, I've talked to Ted about. And I love hearing that, Gary, because I think that's such an amazing way um, for Ted to be learning firsthand on how to run a business, the culture that you want, the standards that you're applying and implementing, not only for your customers and clients, but also for the employees at your office, right? Making it a workspace for everybody. And so, Ted, what are some of the things that you've learned working at your dad and being at the office and just seeing all this firsthand? Yeah, so I've learned a lot about the basics of corporate law, in particular about certain entities, their benefits and disadvantages. I've also learned how to answer phone calls and talk to clients. Now, when I do that, I'm not giving legal advice. I'm not an attorney, I'm a law student. Mm -hmm. And when I talk to these clients, I'm only giving them recommendations based off of what my dad recommends in his books. So I'm not giving any legal advice. We can get in a lot of trouble if I were Important to caveat there, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So state bars are out there <laughs> looking at this. I'm not giving legal advice. General advice. And this will matter down the road when I take the bar exam. <laughs> so, yeah. but I have learned to answer phone calls and I've also learned how to tailor each call to the specific prospective client's needs. Some people like being a little bit more detailed. They like to have more of a comprehensive understanding of what we're doing for them. Um, other people just kind of like the general picture and then I just send them on. Okay. And some people are, as my dad has mentioned, toxic clients. So unfortunately we've had to turn some of them away, but that's just part of the business. So mainly when it comes to learning about corporate law and also about dealing with people. Yeah. No, that's amazing, Teddy. And I really think it's important that um, here at Rich Dad, for example, our culture is very emphasized on making mistakes. I mean, Robert is constantly telling us to make mistakes, to learn from them, and we get excited about them. And that's just the culture that we grow up in. And I really think that that culture is also implemented at your father, at Garrett's office, because we have been surrounded by this knowledge. And so, Ted, have you made any mistakes while working for your dad? Because that's the most intimidating part about, you know, being at a new job or learning a new, learning a new subject. And so have you made any mistakes? What have you learned from them? And I mean, even talking about toxic clients, have you learned from mistakes about toxic clients? Yeah, so I have made a handful of mistakes working here. A lot of them deal with my consultations and me not understanding how to properly structure people's entities. For instance, there was a guy who called a few weeks ago and he wanted to have a syndication set up, but for some reason, I didn't know how to properly structure it for him. So what I did was when, I, when that consultation ended, I called my dad, he walked me through how to structure 
a syndication. And then I called the guy back, you know, I apologized and I said, look, I'm sorry, this is my fault. And this is how you properly structure syndications. That's incredible because I think that's such an important life skill too. And I think it's pretty incredible too that if in the future you would like to create a syndication or I mean anything, uh, the structure of your business, you know firsthand how to do that because you're learning from these mistakes and truly seeing how open you are to our audience and to your own client about these proves a point of how that builds your character and how well you've managed them and you've grown from them. And Garrett, too, as an attorney, you know, we're, we have this image of attorneys being impeccable, impeccable and perfect. But what are your thoughts about making mistakes? Well, they call it the practice of law, right? So you're going to practice until you get it right. Um, no, but you need to start out like Teddy is. And it is practice. And you're going to learn from that call that you don't understand the concept or you, it's new information to you. And you're gonna be open, like Ted said, about not having the correct answer immediately, but finding the correct answer. And then the benefit to Ted and every other of your listeners is that that second time you've got it, right? You're not gonna know everything right at the start. You have to walk into it, realize that you're gonna make some mistakes and that's okay, right? The mistakes here are not life-threatening, right? We're gonna get the right answer for the client and along the way, Ted is going to have the knowledge base to answer that question the second time. And as Robert says, in school, you get penalized for making a mistake. In business, it's just part of the process of learning. So it's not something that is horrendous or, or troubling. It's just part of the process. Yeah, that's incredible. And um, I truly do appreciate all the information you guys are giving us. And another tip that we constantly hear from successful people like yourself, Garrett, and mentors like Robert Kiyosaki and Gary Vee and so forth is to have a mentor in our life, right? And so, Ted, I really want to gain your insight on these past two summers that you've been working for Garrett and why you think it's important to have a mentor like him as opposed to maybe going to any other attorney and learning from them and their law center. I think it's really important to have a mentor because mentors have actually done the real thing. They're real teachers and they're not fake teachers. And I know Robert talks about that at length. Mentors have been there. They've done the real thing. And they can help guide young people like myself on a path towards success. Now, I'm only 25 years old. I graduated college two years ago. And when I got out again, as you mentioned to the audience, I didn't really know what was going on. It wasn't really a career path I wanted to take. Um, my friend, Sean Gray describes it as being 22 and without a clue. And this is true for a lot of people my age, particularly young men, but also young women as well. They get out of college and they don't really have a clear path forward. But having a mentor like my dad has been really helpful because he has sort of pulled me out of that chaos and put me on a path towards potential success. And, you know, obviously not everyone's dad is a rich dad advisor. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is that there are people out there who can help people who are in my position. It could be a family member, it could be family friends, or it could just be someone in the community who can help you out. 
I have a friend named Hayden Crabtree, and he recently wrote the book titled Skip the Flip, which all of you should buy. It's a great book, and I highly recommend purchasing it. He just turned 24, and he already has a book out. It's, it, it's phenomenal. And it's wow. too. No, Ted, and, and just like you were mentioning, I mean, it's finding mentors and, you know, like you made, you realize that mining engineering was not for you. You switched your career and you've also been working with great people and surrounding yourself with people who've written books, who've done interviews. And I think that's important too, because um, apart from having our mentors, especially at our age, most of us do come out kind of lost from college, realizing we might have just wasted these couple of years because it's not what we want to do um, because we don't practice it there until we get out in the real world and we realize this is the last thing I would do in the world. And just having mentors is important, but also your circle of friends need to be very well filtered. We talked about filtering toxic clients. You need to filter toxic friends. And your inner group can also be seen as mentors, people you can work on projects with, set up goals with, and really um, align with your future. And so, um, Garrett, also, I have an important question for you that a lot of our viewers struggle with, and it's how do they find a mentor and that's doing the real thing, and, and what advice can you give them on that? Well, I'll tell you a little story, Alex. Um, many years ago, a, a student up at the University of Nevada here in Reno uh, came by my office, and he really wanted to work for a law firm. And, you know, I didn't have a spot for him. And I, I, you know, I was polite and I said, you know, I'm sorry, we don't have a spot. And uh, a week later he came back and uh, I thought, wow, well, that's kind of interesting. And I still didn't have a spot for him. But then another week later he came by for the third time and I go, well, this guy's pretty interested, right? I, there's probably a spot I could find for him and we'll call him Jim. I took Jim in. And uh, now he's a very successful attorney in Silicon Valley. Uh, he's just done great. But I think if, if sometimes you don't get that first acceptance, employers love it when you try again, right? So be a little persistent. You, you, you have to be appropriate and, and you know, calm and nice, but let them know that you really want this internship. Uh, that worked for me uh, with, with Jim. He, he came back three times and he got it. Yeah, and I, and I love that you guys bring that up because I really think people start, um, they turn anything down that's maybe, or they don't, they're not persistent when it's not picture perfect, right? When they're turned down at the first, the first chance they get, when maybe it's not the salary they wanted, when maybe it's not the environment or the, the place. I mean, I had to move from Miami to Arizona and it's people just, shut down. We're so um, used to just kind of settling for whatever, for whatever else is out there instead of really aiming and being persistent with what we want and keeping our eye on the prize. Like Jim, he kept his eye on the prize. And it's, I, we have to have that mentality, especially if you want to become entrepreneurs, building up that thick, rough skin is important in this world of entrepreneurship. I don't like to see big gaps on someone's resume. Right. If, if it wasn't the right job, but it's a job. Right. And you can learn from it. I, I'd rather see you working instead of six months gap here, you know, five month gap there. Um, I, I think ben the benefits of working and learning in a work environment are really important. That gives you the edge to find that perfect job rather than sitting back and waiting for the perfect job to come. 
And you never know what will happen in the job you're in. It could lead, it could open other doors. So I think sitting back uh, at home versus working no matter where it is, is it's an easy choice for me. Yeah, no, that and that really paints a clear picture for all our viewers out there too who are struggling with this situation because times have changed and not everything's picture perfect anymore. And so Garrett, also, now that we're touching on the topic of really working to learn not to earn and just not settling for a salary as opposed to maybe like the mentorship that you're gonna be receiving, what advice do you have people who right now are currently switching jobs or trying to start a, a business in the midst of, of, of all this craziness going on and just keeping that mentality of working for a skill and not a paycheck? Well, I will say, I think this is one of the best times to start a business because we're hearing stories around the country, especially right here in Reno, of, of companies that just can't stay open, right? They just they can't make it. And there's going to be all sorts of opportunities when things come back where you look around and a lot of businesses have gone under, which means there's opportunity for younger people to start those very exact same businesses. And so this could be the best time ever to start a business. And if you look at it historically in the depression, in the great recession, you had all sorts of great businesses that were started up during those time periods. So for your listeners, Alex, if you're thinking of starting a business, this is a great time. Now, you, when you start that business, you can't take the toxic clients on because they're gonna bring you down. But if you're uh, learning and uh, starting a business, this is a great time. And, and the teachings that Robert and the other Rich Dad Advisors provide, uh, you don't have to make all the mistakes right? You can read the books, right? And learn from other people's mistakes, hopefully, so that you don't make them. But as you go into that new business, just know you're going to make some mistakes. It's not fatal, right? Just keep going. And I think a lot of people are going to do well by starting businesses right now. Yeah, and right now, like you said, we have the opportunity to learn from other mistakes. So learn from the companies that are succeeding and also learn and investigate and really do deep research on the companies that are failing. And like you mentioned before, I mean, we've seen out of recession and crisis in the past, incredible businesses and startups have been created like Uber and WhatsApp and Airbnb and Slack. I mean, they're endless. And so to really take those as an example of how to thrive and how to learn from these mistakes. And, you know, just like as we're talking about startups and, and what to really do and navigate through all this, Teddy, what advice do you have for someone who's just getting started and trying to figure out what to do? And especially if they're getting started right now and during a crisis. Well, two things. First, I think it's important to put the knowledge and experience ahead of the paycheck. Um, I'm working for my dad right now and I don't necessarily care about the paycheck because the knowledge that I'm learning and the experience that I'm gaining will eventually help me down the road. And then the second thing, and I believe this is the most important, is the best way to learn is by doing the real thing. In the highest level of teacher diagram, the 90% category talks about teachers teaching from experience and encouraging students to do the real thing. My dad's a corporate attorney. He has been for over 30 years, and he's teaching me from experience. 
And in addition to that, he's encouraging me to do the real thing. Now, I'm not talking about giving legal advice. I need to make that point again. <laughs> but I'm out there talking to clients, learning how to properly structure their entities so their assets are best protected. That's incredible, Ted. Thank you so much for all your knowledge, too. And I have one last special question as well. I'm very curious about your dynamic because um, a lot of people do struggle working with family members. And so what have both of you done to keep it professional and really just keep things in harmony, not only in your personal life, but also professionally and not letting the two tie, like, I guess, get, get all confused into a circle. So um, could you explain that dynamic? Well, Alex, it's funny. It just worked out great, but we don't have room in the office here for Ted and Reno. And the only office space we have is an hour south of here in Minden, Nevada. So <laughs> we're not in the same office. So uh, we, don't, we don't have that dynamic going. Um, but, you know, Ted will have a client uh, that's uh, got a special situation and he'll call me up and we'll talk ahead of time about what the client's needs are. But it just worked out kind of uh, in a funny way that we don't have to bump heads in the same office. <laughs> I love that. That's a, that's a good strategy to implement them, implement to keep them far. <laughs> yeah. And that has definitely helped being an hour apart. Um, we talk via phone all the time. It's really helpful though, because I just kind of do what he tells me. I mean, I'm like, people view me as a mini me of him. It's kind of terrifying to some, but I honestly take that as a compliment because he's my mentor and my dad, but I just do what he tells me. And so far it's been working out. I think that's incredible, Ted and Nate. And I can really, I think I'm also a testimonious to see, to see how much you have grown in these past couple of years of just like taking that role of viewing your father as a mentor and keeping that professionally as well. And understanding that when he is your mentor, just like you would treat any other mentor, just like you would treat Robert Kiyosaki, you do what they tell you to do, no questions asked. <laughs> because that is truly when you learn the most. And then when you start questioning why you have to do certain things, you also learn even more. And so I'm very, very grateful to have both of you because you have a tremendous amount of knowledge. And Ted, it's been incredible. Garrett, it's been incredible too. You guys are a wealth of knowledge for the Rich Dad community. And so thank you so much for being on this Millennial Money. Thanks, Alex. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Thanks for having us on. It was good to see you again. You'll always find yourself on the right path if you make your decisions based off of the mentality of working to learn and not to earn. Another incredible way to learn for free is through YouTube. And so if you enjoyed this video and would like to see more content like this and educate yourselves, remember to subscribe to our channel, hit the notification bell so you can get notified on our latest videos, and comment below the ways you've been keeping yourself educated during quarantine. Thank you everyone, take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.